the college football experience, Eastern Michigan Eagles season preview on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk-free bet up to $500 terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. Also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog. Make sure you head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a free $25. Yes, you can use the uh, free $25 to enter their Best Ball Mania 2. First place in Best Ball Mania 2 gets a million dollars. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at a million dollars. Drafts are happening constantly, and it's not just NFL. They also have NBA, MLB, and more. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for your chance to win a million dollars. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store today. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State. And you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome to the college football experience, Eastern Michigan Eagles season preview. My name is Colby Swinging Dantabase Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. And we are talking. I mean, we are talking some some nice Eastern Michigan Eagle football. I mean, this is a, this is something that uh, you know somewhat. Kind of a forgotten program for a couple decades, and then they go out and hire Chris Creighton, and give me the Dundee music because Chris Creighton, one of my favorite coaches in America. Let's get this thing going. Let's let's just boom, Chris Creighton. Yes, Eastern Michigan. You didn't know they were winners, but look, last season was tough, but they had COVID issues. The MAC decided to play on a whim. I mean, so kind of got to give him a little bit of a pass there. The years before. He'd taken him to three bowl games in four years. And although they haven't won any of those bowl games, he's still doing a fantastic job. He was six and seven in 2019, seven and six and 18, five and seven and 17, seven and six and 16. I know that sounds like, okay, well, these mediocre. No, I don't think you understand how bad this program was for a long time. And the fact that he's getting into bowls, even that five and seven season in 17, all seven of their losses were by one score or less. They're competitive. And I think this year they could be competing for a Mac championship. So we got to get excited. We got to get really excited. And I'm not even going to have comedian and Eastern Michigan fan, Eric Helwig on the show to talk Eastern Michigan football here in a moment. But yes, Chris Creighton doing a great job, and I love rooting for this team. They've, they've also beaten some Big Ten teams lately. The Big Ten knows about Eastern Michigan, so stick around as we're gonna we're gonna have Eric Hellwig on the show to talk college football. Hellberg, I'm sorry, Hellwig, Eric Hellwig. Jeez, I can't talk. I'm, I'm Chris Creighton. Got all these names in my head. I can't wait to rattle off with Eric. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Let's have him on the show. Here we go. 
Joining us on the college football experience is host of the Bring in the Backups podcast and fellow comedian Eric Helwig. How are you doing, Eric? Thanks for hopping on the college football experience to talk Eastern Michigan Eagle football. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. I only like talking about college football teams that have tracks running around their football field. That's the <laughs> only way I'm interested. So let's do it. I mean, is there anything better? Like maybe the receivers get an argument. I know you could race the yard marks, but what, if the game's on, maybe you could do a little race on the track <laughs> in the middle of the game. You know, I, I, I I'm all, all, all on board on the, uh, on the track thing too. I wish Alabama would do it. Dude, the best, the best thing that could happen would be there's a scheduling snafu and there's a track meet during a football game that's being televised. That's what I want. I want to hear guns going off <laughs> while plays are being called in in the fourth quarter. That would be perfection. I always missed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how old you are, man, but I always missed like when you go back and watch NFL films in like the seventies or eighties, there's like, you'll watch like a Steelers highlight of like Terry Bradshaw throwing a touchdown to like Lynn Swan. And there'll be like a van parked right next to the end zone. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I like, I watched, I was watching uh, just for my podcast. I was watching uh, old Arizona Cardinals clips and their field. They're playing at like a college football field in the eighties. Like there's like, there's like, it's a desert. There's like sand on the field. <laughs> like they couldn't just, they couldn't plant some sod and get a fucking, an actual end zone with grass in it. It's like, it's so it just, rem- it, you know, you go back to like old football where, you know, somebody wins the Super Bowl and they're like, where are you going now? And they're like, I'm going back to my job. I made $7 playing football this season. Like, I like watching the evolution of it becoming like a sport that rich people play and people make a lot of money. Cause it used to be like fucking just a thing you would do in school or after your job, it wasn't a real moneymaker. So yeah, I love the the shades of the, the shadiness yeah. <laughs> of how it used to be. Well, I, I look, I mean, I know we're, we're supposed to talk Eastern Michigan football. We'll talk about that beautiful feel that they have going in a second here, but you know, I feel the same way. Like there's recent talks that they're going to get rid of soldier field and, and build like a dome, like 30 minutes away. And I'm like, if they do that, I'm oh, out, I'm dome? out on the NFL, right? <laughs> I'm officially Why would they build out. a dome. I, I, you have like a landmark, a landmark stadium. To me, that's like Lambo going dome. You can't do it. I don't care. I don't care how ghetto the seats are. I don't care if it stands, you know, like, like a high school bleachers where you could just lay down, you know what I mean? But whatever it is, you preserve the field. Um, Anyway, Eastern Michigan, speaking of field, they have uh, to the audience out there that might not catch every Eastern Michigan game. (laughs) If if you tune in, uh, don't adjust your sets. Don't set, don't, don't adjust that television of yours. Um, They have a gray field. So it, there, it is a trip. You might feel like you're on mushrooms if you just turn it to an Eastern Michigan football game, but it's really great. It, it looks like you're watching. Like my dad always told me, like, hey, I remember when my dad got a TV in 1958 and brought it in, and we watched Army Navy on the. Uh, it was black and white. This is what I feel like when you watch Eastern Michigan yeah, yeah. football, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, look, they they desegregated the teams. That's great. Like, it definitely <laughs> is a, a a weird feeling when you turn on the game. One of my the the reason I started like I'm an Army football fan for college and teams they play. I start to root for. I know the moment I started rooting for Eastern Michigan was it was an army football game and they were, they just made the factory. That's what they call it. And it's like, they're really trying to capitalize on like brick laying and stuff, I guess. So the team was coming out the Eastern Michigan team and they're like, they're take a sledgehammer and they break through uh, like a cement pile that they've laid out. 
but the cement they laid out was like fake cement. So it just looked like kids blocks. <laughs> and the announcer was Ben Holden and Russ, Ross Tucker. And Ben Holden goes, uh, he goes like, uh, here at Eastern Michigan, they call it the factory. Uh, coach Chris Creighton is trying to really establish a, a tradition here. And I guess it's important for morale. And then Ross Tucker goes, they have to try something. And I was like, that makes me love this team. Like the <laughs> earnestness of that. <laughs> well, well, like, we got to try something to and, stand out. And, and they're a hundred percent right. Because I mean, before Chris Creighton arrived here, and I know you can bring up the record and say, well, he's, he's got a losing record as a coach, but I don't care. This was the worst program in college football. Like as far as FBS, oh, yeah. as FBS went, I mean, they hadn't been to a bowl since 1987, which was the California bowl, which doesn't, I don't even think that exists anymore. Um, and, and it's San Jose state and the California bowl. Right. <laughs> I think that was it. But I'm saying, I mean, if you go to like 90, really like 1990 on they, they didn't even have like, they had one winning season in 95. They were six and five after that they had losing seasons every year. And a lot of, I mean, Oh, and 12, one and 11, two and 10, Chris Creighton comes in, goes two and 10 and one and 11. And I don't think the fans notice. but then after that, they go seven and six, then five and seven, where they lose all seven games by a score or less then seven and six then six and seven he's take. And then last year, two and four, but that was a crazy little COVID year, but three bowl games in the past four years, what, I, whatever it is that great, that great field is working. Right? It's working. Dude, people don't know how bad it was. So in 2016, I was reading an article about this. Uh, it was after he had his one and 11 season, Chris Creighton. So we'd won three games in two years. And that's coming off of your right. 20 years of winning on average, two games a season. They were, they were talking about getting rid of the football team and they, the sports that they were between was softball, men's swimming and diving and women's tennis and the football team. And if you're in a conversation with the men's diving team and you to like what the university should get rid of, that's how, that's how low and how poorly thought of the football team was even on their own campus. So the fact that they, like you said, have gone to three bowls in four years, even though they've lost the bowls, it doesn't matter if that team wins. If that team's 500, that is like a national championship. It is easily the worst, was the worst job you could have in division one college football. Yeah. And, and, and that school president that made the decision to probably cut that swimming team and keep the football team smart because they should know that football, that, that, that Max and Tuesday nights are going to be around the corner <laughs> and get that TV money. And, and, and I think it's working out. So Creighton's just 30 and 51 as the head coach of Eastern Michigan, but that can be misleading because his first couple of years were complete shit. And if you look at this year's team, I feel like there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I mean, they returned 10 starters on offense. They were 33rd in the nation in scoring offense a season ago, a hundred now 104th in the nation at running the ball. So they got, they got to fix that 30th in passing 61st overall as an offense. They got Preston Hutchison at the quarterback spot and, and he's going to be pressed because Cincinnati transfer, Ben Bryant, who, uh, if you, if you follow Cincinnati football, he actually got a, a, a decent amount of burn over the past couple of years transfers in, but Hutchison, he, he wasn't horrible last year, completed the 64% of his passes. Uh, it's his fifth year in the program. So I think that might give him a slight edge, but I know Bryant's pretty athletic. Um, that I, I guess that'll be, I think that's a camp battle that we'll figure out in August, but all five starting offensive linemen are back. Uh, including, I mean, uh, uh, they're wi- they're wideouts. They got a, a stud freshman wideout a season ago named Tanner Canoe, right? 
Tanner canoe. And, and that guy was a high school teammate of Hutchison. If, if memory serves me correct from watching Maxion, I believe Hutchison referred Creighton to check out uh, the underclassman that he played with in high school, which was canoe canoes back Hassan Badoon and Dylan Drummond uh, should be the wideouts penciled in. They got actually, they might have the best tight end in the Mac in Thomas Otokoya. And uh, the running backs are, the, uh, I, I highlighted that they're 104th in the nation of running the ball, but they got all five offensive linemen back. They got to get better at running the ball. Darius Boone was the starter a season ago. He's back, but I think he's going to be battling with Jawan Hamilton, former UCF uh, running back who transferred in from JMU. So that guy's just going to every college in the nation. But um, what do you think of the offense? I think it's actually pretty decent. I, I, that quarterback race is going to be compelling. I think it is too, man. I'd be, I'd be surprised if Hutchinson gets beat out. I mean, I thought he played really well last year and yeah, every game I watched them plus the highlights for the couple that I missed. Sometimes I don't catch every Eastern Michigan football game. Damn you. Uh, the, the dude can, the dude can move the chains with his arms and his legs. And like, I, when I look at that running attack, it's weird because the running backs all averaged five or six yards of carry last year. So it's not like when they ran the ball, they weren't effective doing it. But the quarterback had a bunch of they, you know, design QB sneaks. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's just maybe the offense, or maybe Chris Creighton is kind of like moving the offensive play calling towards the talent that he has. But it's for sure an offense where they are calling pass play seventy percent of the time. But yeah, I guess they just want to take some of the pressure off of the defense, which was yeah terrible. The def- we haven't gotten to the defense yet, but. Um, in a weird way, I think that the offense is like should do exactly what they did and maybe just try to run a couple more uh, running back draws, something to like get a little bit of the pressure off the quarterback because he did get, he did get banged up a lot last year. Yeah. Well, that's, what's great about bringing in Brian is you will have the depth now Um, and and classic Chris Creighton form last year, they lose three of their four games by a a score or less. So, I mean, I'm telling you, if you go back the past three or four years, even the games they lose, you gotta be happy. I don't care if you go four and eight, as an Eastern Michigan fan, if you're in every game, that's a, a compared to being, I mean, one and 11 and losing every game by 54 points. This guy has just made this team a lot better. I do think the offense will be better. I normally, uh, you know, going through all 130 teams, you always highlight when they return five offensive linemen. I don't care what yeah. the, what the status is of that team. It's gotta be better on the offensive line. And, and, and also the fact he is, it's his fifth year. He's a junior and he's in his fifth year. I don't know how that makes, I guess the COVID year, he probably red shirted, but he's yeah. definitely looking like Scott Bakula in necessary roughness at this point. But uh, did they even did they even lose a starter on? I think that I don't think they lost a single starter on offense because I think all their receivers and running backs are back too. Yeah. So it's like I mean that it's that plus the like they're not losing people because they get the extra year for COVID, but nobody was a senior last year either. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of. I think it's a it was a young team last year that lost a ton of close games in a crazy season. And even the year before that, they were, they were overachieving. So yeah, I think there's a pretty bright future for this team, which is funny to say about a team that sucked this hard for so long. I completely agree. And then if you look on the defensive side of the ball, now they're only bringing back six, but me and Patty C always make this question. If they weren't any good, you might as well get them out of there anyway. Right? I mean, maybe those are the right six that needed to stay. They were a hundred fifth in the nation scoring defense. They were 119th against the run. Maybe, maybe you blitz everybody. 
Uh, 90th, 90th. Their best in player the is a linebacker who's like 204 pounds. I'm like, how do I outweigh <laughs> their middle linebacker? That's insane. I mean, he's actually, he's, he seems like a good player, but like, uh, yeah, the defense needs, again, like that's why they need to try to control the, like this is talking from an army fan who we do nothing but like kneel on the ball the whole game. Yeah. But like, part of the defense has to be the offense holding the ball longer to keep the pressure off those guys. Yeah. I mean, they were 90th in passing, which looks great compared to that 119th in running uh, uh, charting <laughs> at, at one twenty two overall guys. There was only 127 teams that played football last, last year. Um, uh, they are returning two starters on the D line led by their D end uh, Teron rush. Linebackers, I think you you probably hit on this guy Terry uh, Myrick. This guy sixty seven tackles a season ago, five and a half of those behind the line of scrimmage. He is probably their their leader on the defensive side of the ball, and the secondary is bringing back two of five because they run the four two five and uh, led by led by their defensive back Freddie McGee. Um, now I'll say this, I think. I think the defense, you're probably right that they need to run the ball more. Yes. Especially army who does a, does those uh, 12 minute drives. But I, I just think in general, it was kind of a crazy. The Mac decided to play football incredibly late, incredibly yeah. late. I think it was the last conference to, to, to say, Hey, Oh, we're not going to play in the spring. We're going to play in the fall in four days. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, and it's such an out of the box conference. We're like, we're going to play on Tuesday morning while you're at work. <laughs> so like you, you would think they'd be, they would go the opposite direction. They'd be like, we actually scheduled more games during COVID. We're going to play. <laughs> we're going to play all the FCS teams too. So it was, I was surprised that they took as long as they did to like set the schedule last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was shocked too. I think all the coaches were too. From what I understand, I had the Akron play by play guy on, uh, on my Akron podcast. And he was telling me, I think off air that he was like, yeah, I think a lot of coaches were like kind of scrambling. <laughs> they didn't think they had things lined up. They had players opting out uh, and, and, and players. I mean, I, I remember specifically one Eastern Michigan game where a bunch of players uh, I think had COVID. So they played, but they didn't play they didn't play with a full deck of cards essentially. So I wonder if the defense, if those stats are kind of an outlier because of how many players perhaps miss games. Um, well, when you say your Akron pad podcast, you mean the Akron episode of this podcast. You don't have a separate podcast just about the Akron zips. Do you? I know you have a lot of podcasts. I just oh want no. to make sure. Oh no, I have a, I have a separate Akron, Akron zips podcast. <laughs> we are going through all 130 teams on the college football experience. And, and look, I already, I'm going alphabetically here. So there's other schools in the Mac. I might have to give you a ring and have you hop on and, and, and talk more, uh, more, more football with, uh, have you done Buffalo? Have you done Buffalo? I have done the bulls. The bulls are All out right. there, man. I, I, but I, in army. So, I mean, I got through your guys, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, we'll figure something out, man. We'll figure something out. Now, now Vegas is setting this win total at six and a half, which is unbelievable considering that just that alone. Chris Creighton, coach of the year. All right. <laughs> because yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, six and a half, their, that, that, their best season ever is what? Eight, eight wins. So he's got a high chance of uh, being right there with their best season ever. Dude. I think they're, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. They've got their one, you know, the blood sacrifice game against Wisconsin um, who never gets upset by a bad team. So that's not going to happen, but every other game on their schedule is they will be favored or it's a toss up like, and, and all the rougher teams in the Mac that they play, they have at home. So yeah, I think this is easily a season where like, yes, if it's six and a half wins, I would take that. 
Yeah, I mean, look, we'll go through. They get St. Francis, uh, not the person, uh, the 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 <laughs> university in Pennsylvania. Um, it, it, one dude in a robe. <laughs> Uh, in week one, that's, that should be a win. I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I couldn't name anything with St. Francis football related. So, but they're in Pennsylvania. Apparently they're going to come in to, uh, to, to Eastern Michigan to take an L then they're at Wisconsin, which, you know, Eastern Michigan probably going to take an L there, but I will say, I mean, Wisconsin's a, a little bit of a different animal than Illinois and Purdue and Rutgers. But did you know that Eastern Michigan, Chris Creighton in some of those losing years too, three wins against the big 10 over like the past five years, including that Purdue win in 2019, which is one of my favorite games from that season. I loved that game so fucking much. It was amazing. (laughs) So yeah. And I, I I went through Wisconsin. I was like, is this a team that has a history of like letdown games? They really don't. Yeah. I mean, I went through the last 12 seasons. I don't think they've, I don't think they've lost once to a team with a losing record. Well, so that's not a team that loses games. They shouldn't lose. They, you know, they lose to Ohio state and those teams, but um, yeah, I'd be surprised. And I'm also, you know, as a, like I said, an army fan, I'm hoping that army gets the Wisconsin upset if they're going to have one. But that said, I mean, Eastern Michigan, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, they're like I said, they've done it. They've yeah. done it with us with in very recent years against the team, a big team in a big stadium. So it can happen. It can happen. They need the right bounces, but I will say I am a bit scared when you, when you look at like the size of their defensive line, Wisconsin's offensive line is like, everyone's like 400 pounds. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> and athletic. Um, I mean, they just put NFL players in the pros year by year on that offensive line. So that I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm taking Wisconsin, but I'm, I'm rooting for Eastern Michigan. So uh, yeah. week three, they, they travel to a tough spot. UMass. Yes. The Minutemen. Th- this team is a- absolutely awful. Walt Bell, do, he's got his work cut out for him uh, up there. And where's that? Amherst. I don't even know. Yeah, um, poor Walt, man. He's trying to. He, I mean, I mean, he may, he's in a similar position that maybe Chris Creighton was four years ago. But like that, talk about a helpless. Uh, talk about what might now be the worst job in D one <laughs> football would be UMass. I thought they should have kept their previous coach, Mark Whipple, because even though he was having like three and nine seasons, I, the offense was moving the ball. They, they put a scare in Mississippi state and, and uh, I believe it was either Tennessee or Florida. Uh, it, uh, I thought, Hey, you gotta know what you are. And, and look, it took Creighton a few years to get started, but Eastern Michigan's yeah. going to come into UMass, get that win. They're going to come back to Michigan and take on Texas state, which I actually think is a dangerous game because Texas state, although they don't play any defense, they have a quarterback and a couple of stud wideouts and Jake Spavito is their head coach, which is a Mike Leach disciple. And, and I, I, I think it's a dangerous game because Eastern Michigan's style is grinded out. And then all of a sudden Texas state has this, uh, this high powered offense with a, I think they're, I honestly think they have a couple receivers that are going to be in the NFL. So Texas state. Did you watch the SMU game? Yes. Uh, yeah. Like I remember watching like, Holy shit. Is Texas state going to be good now on half, half the side of the ball? Uh, so yeah, I, I actually looked at that game as like, that's a possible, like we're not paying attention loss for yes. Eastern Michigan. The fact that it's at home makes me go, I think they'll, that's the advantage they need. But if that was on the road, yeah. I, Texas state is better than their two and 10 record. They, from, they, dude, they almost beat, they were beating Boston college the entire game and Boston yes, college yes, came back and yes, it, they're, they're not a two and 10 team. Yeah. That's a, I, I that's actually a think record. I'll be honest, man. I, I think, I think Texas state might win this game. I think I, I might favor, I, I, I got them two and two. I got them two and two. I think Texas state steals it from them. 
It's in a tough spot in between two road games. Then they're at Northern Illinois, which is, tr- you know, they were winless last year, but they also didn't have fans out of all the Mac schools. I think this one has the, the toughest home crowd. So they were affected with COVID and not having a crowd. They also yeah. lost a lot of those games closely. Now I'm going to give this one to Eastern Michigan, but I wouldn't be surprised if Northern Illinois gave them a game up there in DeKalb. Where are you going on this? Uh, I'm going Eastern Michigan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you on the crowd, but Owen six is Owen six. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, they did have close games, but I don't know. I'm just a believer. I'm a believer in the Eagles. That's, that's what I can say. I haven't, I, like, I also haven't beating Wisconsin by 40 points. So you shouldn't take anything <laughs> I say seriously. Uh, you, you, you're, winning the national championship. They are going to be, they are going to be in a 12 team playoff. Yes. Yes. Three years from now. Uh, look, uh, Northern Illinois starts Rocky Lombardi. He is a, uh, a Michigan state transfer quarterback, but is uh, related to Vince Lombardi. It's hard to fade a Lombardi when you're playing football outdoors in some cold weather, even in Illinois. Cause I feel like Lombardi owned the bears. So just, just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's I've hard, heard hard. some football names before, but Rocky Lombardi has to be at the top <laughs> of the mountain for a name. You want a football player to have. Yeah. There's got, I mean, there's a high chance he's having sex this very second, just off his name. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think there's a great, I mean, Rocky Lombardi, Come on, this is already a Hollywood movie. Come on, get this thing going. Um, uh, then they come back home and take on the Red Hawks of Miami, Ohio, Ohio Chuck Martin squad. This is a ball game because Miami, Ohio won the Mac two years ago, and their next opponent is Ball State, who won the Mac last year. So they're basically getting the both reigning Mac champions back to back. But at home in Michigan, I got them going one and one there. I do too. Um, I like, uh, I like, I think Miami, Ohio is a uh, similar to Eastern Michigan, a team on the rise that also has a lot of close losses in the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, that team is, that team plays so hard. Like they, I think they've got a good culture there. So if they don't lose that one, I think, and obviously ball, they could also go Owen too, but because I think considering both toss up games and maybe I'd lean more to, I, to both Miami, Ohio or ball state. But the fact that they're both at home, I think they'll pull out one of them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well said. And then after that, they're at Bowling green, which is a talk Bowling green and UMass. I think they might even play this year. That'll be the ultimate shit show because <laughs> Bowling green, I, I, I still just, I, I, I mean, I almost hope they retain their coach. Cause we've been fading them every week for, for a couple of years now on the uh, sports gambling podcast. And uh, we've, we've been very f- fortunate because people call me geniuses. Like they're like, Colby, you, you know so much about college football. No, I just know to fade UMass and Bowling green. All right. <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think it's good for uh, when I look at their schedule for Eastern Michigan, the worst teams, at least based off the records last year, I know it's a COVID season. The worst teams in the Mac are all the teams they play on the road. So yeah, I think Bowling green is going to be, unless they just fall asleep and are looking forward. I mean, they have an, they also have an off week, so it's not even a possibility for a trap game. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's where they pad their stats. Yeah. They, they, they run it up on Bowling green. So I, I got, I think you have them with one more win than I do, but I have them beating Bowling green, Miami, Ohio, Northern Illinois. There'll be three UMass four, St. Francis five. I have them losing to Wisconsin, Texas State, and Ball State. So I have them at five and three. They get a, that, that buy that you're talking about. Then they're at Toledo, which returns 98% of their roster, number one in the nation. That's a tough game. I, I actually think I lean Toledo here. 
Yeah, it's also on the road. I would go the same. Yeah. I have them at six and three after Toledo with a loss. I got them at five and four. They're home to Ohio. Frank Solich's squad. This is one that this is one that's a true 50-50 game. They're also home to Western Michigan here. They're gonna beat one of them. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna beat one of them. Uh I got them at, at six six wins. They might they might win both. They're both at home, but I don't know. I got them at. Uh, I'm gonna go one and one there. What, what, what are you What are you doing there? See, this is what I'm saying with this schedule. Every game is a toss up outside of Miami, and then the couple walk the you know the UMass and the St. Francis game. This is what I think they do. I think they're six and three going into uh, the two week stretch with Ohio and Western Michigan at home. I think they develop all gray uniforms, camouflage <laughs> into their own field, and win both games. I got them at eight and three. Wow. I love it. I love it. Dude. If that happens, no, eight would be, no, no, no. It'd be eight and four then. Right. Eight, well, eight. I ha- no, I have them at six and three going in. So then they'd be at eight and three. Oh, and then right. they have, right. that, then they have at central Michigan after that. Yes. yes. And I haven't, I haven't factored in central Michigan. Gotcha. Yet. Gotcha. Um, at central Michigan. I mean, you gotta have both rivals. You gotta like that. Both rivals, the final two weeks of the season. Um, yeah. I, I think central Michigan is a better roster right now though. I really do. I think they're more talented and I got them. I basically got them at six and six. I think they got this number, right? I think they got it right in Vegas surprise, but I got them six and six, maybe seven and five. I mean, you can make the case that they could, they could go eight and four, nine and three. If you know, you if they get Texas state, I have Texas state winning that, but I could totally see Eastern Michigan winning that game. So I, I I'm thinking gun to my head though. I would probably take six and six and I would probably take the under as much as I love Chris Creighton. They'd still be playing in that. Uh, what is it? The, uh, ch- the chimichanga bowl, right? In, in, in uh, Frisco, Texas or something, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the taquito uh, factory bowl. Um, look, I got him beating central Michigan because you know what the fuck life is short. And uh, you know, gun to my head. I know you said you know, figurative gun to head. I will literally blow my brains out if they don't win the MAC this year. So that is literal guarantee. Mark it down. I think they go nine and three. I think they have the best season they've had since that 1987 10 and two California Bowl year. I mean, I really do think it lines up for them. And I also, I look at that team as like they've had so many years of close losses and not quite breaking through. I don't think that 30 and 51 record for Chris Creighton is a depiction of how he is as a coach. I think he's a much better coach than that record shows. So yeah, I just feel like this is the breakout year for them. I think it's going to come together. And I, I think in a weird way, having that transfer quarterback come over to push Hutchinson, I think that's going to be the difference for the team taking off. I think it's going to be a great season. Hey, I mean, look, a lot of publications say they're Mac contenders this year. I think yeah. it would be fantastic to see Chris Creighton take home the Mac championship. I just think that a lot of those games are 50 50. So it's hard to, it's almost like doing an ACC coastal team. You're like, I got no idea if UVA can win this game against wake. I got no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they have a decent shot, but it's really pissing in the wind. I think when you line up Eastern Michigan and central Michigan this year, I got no idea. So it's a lot of those games we touched on. I think you just made the argument for why sometimes Mac football or even ACC football is more interesting to watch than sec football during the season. Cause when it's like Alabama gets Vanderbilt or something like, why would I even that that'd be like watching Eastern Michigan and St. Francis, the dude, yeah. like it's not going to happen. Like 
I like when there's parity within the league and you re- and the talent levels are similar enough to where anybody could win any week. And it, the Mac always feels like that. Yeah. And you get these chaotic games, uh, you know, uh, 35, 34, <laughs> two point conversion to win or some shit like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm a Chris Creighton guy. If Patty C was here, he would say, man, Colby's always preaching the over on Eastern Michigan and Chris Creighton. I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, t- I'm taking the over seven and five. They get over six and a half, seven and five. The Eagles are going seven and five fly Eagles fly baby. All right. Um, Coming out of the shadows of Michigan, man, that they're, do you know how close their stadium is to the big house? How far? It's 5.8 miles. I actually Google maps it. They only have to make two turns. You pull out of their stadium, <laughs> you make a left on North Hewitt road and a right on West Naw Avenue. And you're at the big house. It's literally an eight minute drive from their stadium. So when you talk about the things that Chris Creighton has to work through beyond the fact that like he was left a burning trash pile when he came in, in 2014, it's even just the location of the school itself. This is such an impossible thing that he's doing right now. It's it's you can't not root for these guys. Yeah, and, and look, uh, say what you want about Jim Harbaugh. At least my coach Chris Creighton's not sleeping at the kicker's house on his bunk bed trying to recruit him. You know what I mean? Like that, that was that was just weird, you know. But uh, hey, why doesn't Michigan have some cojones and schedule Eastern Michigan just five miles up the road? Come on now, dude. Uh, how awesome would that be? They should have like a Michigan Cup where it's like Michigan, Western, Central, and Eastern. Michigan gets to win it every year. That should be all of Michigan's out of conference games. They should just <laughs> rotate in the shitty other Michigan schools that they, I shouldn't say shitty. The only people I I guess there's Eastern Michigan diehards are listening to this. I'm hey, sorry guys. Well, no Creighton's got you. They're a bowl team every year, man. All right. There, but look, oh, yeah. look, one thing we know now in the past five years of college football that we've learned is uh, two things. Michigan loses to Ohio state every year and Eastern Michigan normally goes bowling now. Holy fuck. Worlds are colliding. Um, look, I, I appreciate you hopping on the show guys. This is Eric Helwig. Give him a follow on Instagram at Eric. That's E R I K H E L L W I G Eric. Tell the, the, the fans why they should listen to the bring in the backups podcast, because it's a great, it's great stuff you're doing there. Tell them why though. Or I tell them that, let me correct your spelling of my name. It's E R I C K H E L L W I G oh, just so they me. go to the right spot. Fuck me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, brother. And then uh, for the podcast, yeah, it's a fun pod, man. Every episode we pick a, a backup quarterback that's from the '90s or early 2000s that you might have forgotten about, and we do a deep dive on his career. Um, I usually do that for about 10 minutes in the podcast, and then spend the other 40 minutes complaining about celiac disease or arguing <laughs> with my wife. And then at some point, we usually bring a comic on and talk to them. I will say, my next episode, I got Jabron Hamden on the podcast. Any chance you remember Jabron? Uh, I want to say that was Indiana. No, he was drafted on the, uh, Washington yeah, football team no, in I, 2000. I, but, but, oh no, Indiana university. Yeah. Yes, Indiana university. Call, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, dude. So his NFL career, he's the perfect, he's the first quarterback I've had on my show. His stats are perfect. He's one for two for seven yards in the NFL, which is exactly what I'm going <laughs> for. I'd rather have him than Tom Brady. That's the honest to God's truth. So yeah, it's a, it's a great podcast. It's kind of like a nostalgia play if you're a football fan. So yeah, check it out. Bring in the backups. Um, yeah. Episodes drop every, every other Tuesday. Gotta, gotta check that out. And look, I gotta tell you a personal story from, uh, the, the godfather of the sports gambling podcast. We are the college football experience. We are a part of the sports gambling podcast network and Sean stack in the money green, uh, fellow comic as well. He 
uh, was in Vegas, played a DFS roster. If you remember a couple of years ago, the Colts and Rams played year one, and it was the year Andrew Luck went backpacking and just quit, right? <laughs> and and they started. They traded for Jacoby Brissett after week one. So they traded the Patriots for Jacoby yeah. Brissett. But week one, they started Scott Tolzien, right? And Sean had played a DraftKings lineup and he was in first place for like eight hours. And the last kick, so on the DraftKings lineup, they only do that 10 a.m. to the end of the 1 p.m. games. So like for 10 a.m. on the West, 1 p.m. on the East, all the way until. So you're not getting the Sunday night game, essentially. You're going to know if you won the million dollars by then. So he's in first place the whole time, like eight hours. He's in first place. And with about 30, the last game to kick was that Rams Colts game at the Coliseum and Scott Tolzien throws a pick six with about a minute left, right? <laughs> to, to, uh, to LaMarcus Joyner takes it all the way back. And I remember this because I actually play in a fantasy football league where I actually had LaMarcus Joyner. So they were up. The Rams were up by like 40. He didn't need to score the touchdown, but he took it all the way back. And by him doing that, the guy in second place had the Rams defense. So Scott Tolzien cost Sean stack in the money green, $800,000. He still won 200,000, but Oh my God. That's a real story. <laughs> that's a real story. And we've been wanting to get him on air. So if you ever run into Tolzien, you got it. You got to say, Hey, got to get, got to call Colby here. And then uh, I'll, I'll talk some business with him about getting him on our show because that $800,000, one minute left or probably like one, one minute, 40 seconds left in the game. LaMarcus Joyner takes it back to the house. Crazy shit. So <laughs> that's insane, man. It's, and it's part of the reason I do my podcast is like, I love watching old meaningless games. Like I'll, I'll watch a Bengals like Rams game from the nineties where there's three combined wins in week 15. And it's like now with fantasy sports, so many more people's lives are ruined during those games. <laughs> it's like, like the stakes are so much higher. I feel like that's why my podcast is an ode to an easier time where like there were games happening where literally nobody was watching the stadium is, you know, seven eighths empty. So yeah, like now it's like something with like the new way people watch stuff. It's like <laughs> somebody's losing their mortgage every five seconds. <laughs> uh, Scott ruined your friend's life. It's <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, but he still went two hundred grand. But at the same time, you, you lost eight hundred. It depends on how you look at it. But Eric, I really appreciate you because first off, I am also one of those guys that would be watching a Week Fifteen Rams. You know, whatever game you just said, Rams Cardinals in 1988. All right. Because th th right there, we're going to be fast friends, buddy. I appreciate you hopping on the show and I'm sorry for misspelling your name. I can't spell. Look, it's E R I C K H E L L W I G on Instagram. Give him a follow, but most importantly, subscribe to the bring in the backups podcast. Really hilarious stuff there. I appreciate you coming on the show, Eric. And, uh, and thank you so much for talking Eastern Michigan football. We're we'll have to have you back, man. Dude, anytime you're talking Eastern Michigan football, I'm your guy. So, you know, when they beat Wisconsin week two, I'm, I'm expecting a call back. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely will happen. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, thank you so much, Eric. Have a wonderful day, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That was awesome. Chatting it up with Eric. Uh, you know, this guy's a football guy, man. He's talking about watching old Arizona Cardinals games in the eighties. That's my type of guy right there. That's that's a good dude right there. We're fast friends, Eric Helwig. Everyone, check out his comedy. Check out uh, 
I mean, this guy's a hilarious comedian. He's been on a bunch of stuff. You got to check him out on, on Instagram, Eric Helwig. I'm telling you, I'll tag him in this. Check out this post. He's, he's a very funny comedian. And obviously he knows his football going to have to have him back as we talk Eastern Michigan football and more action, perhaps with Eric. Um, but yeah, I think this is a, uh, if you're an Eastern Michigan fan, you should be really, really optimistic and, and hopeful for this season, because I think you could do something special. Chris Creighton continually. I, I've always wondered how, how like a power five didn't give him a gig considering how bad they were. How has he not landed a power five? Not real sure, but Hey, I'm okay with him at Eastern Michigan every year coming up and jumping and, and biting people like Purdue biting teams like Purdue and Illinois and Rutgers. Maybe you can get this thing. In, uh, after what point do you become like just true winning pedigree? If he can do this for 10 more years, right? Seven more years, something like that. But Chris Creighton doing a great job at Eastern Michigan guys. Um, if you're a first time listener to the college football experience, make sure you subscribe because we handicap every single division one college basketball and college football game. We've been doing it for over four years. Me, Patty C NC, Nick been over 500 each and every season, picking every game as a collective, but also independently. We're also way over 500 on our locks and, and, and really, um, you know, we're a source of income. After one year, you could say we're idiots. You got lucky after four. Now we know what we're doing. We give you all of our picks for free on the SGPN app. Download that thing and also subscribe to the college basketball experience. Cause we do got you covered from action. When it comes to college basketball, we talk college basketball year round over there too. So subscribe to both feeds, download the SGPN app and look, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. The only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Can you get over to iTunes? Give us a five-star review. Say some nice things about us on that app, or I should say iTunes app store, the app store and do that. And if you do take a screenshot, find me on Twitter at the Colby D send me that screenshot and I will send you a college experience t-shirt. How about that now? Yes, let's do it. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited at the Colby D give me a follow as well. I'm excited to have Eric back on the show. Make sure you, you find Eric Helwig on uh, Instagram. Very funny comic and uh, really grateful that he jumped on the show to talk EMU football. Also Patty C on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one, give him a follow NC Nick on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K the college football experience on Twitter at TCE on SGPN and the sports gambling podcast network on Twitter at the SGP network. Give them all a follow and check out the Slack channel sports gambling podcast too. All right, folks, this is the college football experience, Eastern Michigan style. You better start thinking about yours. And we out.